I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of I Love That Ad. Uh, today we're joined by Jill Downey, Managing Director of Core Sponsorship. How are you doing, Jill? I am doing great. How are you guys doing? Brilliant. It's yeah, great really to have good. you on the show. Yeah. Uh, and we also are joined as ever uh, by our wonderful colleague, Shane <laughs> W. Brennan. How are you doing, Shane? I'm very well. Thank you very much. Jill, it's great to have you on the show. Um, so we've uh, obviously worked with you back in our old media buying days and uh, we were there for the inception of core sponsorship and it's great to see it uh, still going strong many years later how are things going yeah things are going great actually yeah um we've had a really busy year thank god um and yeah there seems to be a really good appetite for the the kind of work we're doing which is really you know data-based approach to sponsorship uh, so that's that's going great yeah we're and we're working on some really interesting um projects so we're having we're having a great time busy um, and challenging, yeah. obviously, at the moment for everybody in terms of trying to make things work, um, you know, at home, ongoing. Um, for and obviously, the latest news isn't ideal, but we'll 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 push on and uh, and see where it goes. So are things um, bouncing bouncing back from the twenty twenty type of uh, quietness in in the market is is things coming roaring back or is there a completely new approach to sponsorship as a result? Well, there's definitely been um, you know an increase in activity in the last couple of months, um, and actually I think you know even with the sort of the lack of activity in twenty twenty uh, around games and things like that and and music events in particular, obviously, I think a lot of people saw the value in their sponsorships because. They were still able to activate um, while uh, the market was quiet um, by doing other things. And I suppose it, it was probably a really good learning for some brands that actually your sponsorship isn't just around the event or the, you know, the championships or the Six Nations, etc. that actually you can make it live and breathe much longer across the year. So I think it's been a great, a great time for sponsorship activation in that sense, um, because it's made people or forced people to to, to look outside the the box or to think outside the box as it were but um the for us it was a good time as well because we do a lot of strategy over reviews and measurement reviews and things like that so when there was less things happening it was a good time to actually start to review what you were doing um so again i think all that kind of feeds into the market being in, in a good place now um and you know i do expect deals to pick up um even further next year but all, you know, on the proviso of what happens with, with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like I've given yeah. up predicting or trying to even think about it. Um, I'm doing my best to pretend it doesn't exist anymore, actually, if I could. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But, so you don't have a crystal ball over no, there? No, I don't. Yeah, funny now. enough. Funny that I don't. And I, I thought we were going to get a good insight today. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Unfortunately. <laughs> I think everyone has kind of realized that oh yeah there is no crystal ball especially with what's going on now and yeah. just I'm same as yourself I'm just trying to pretend what can what are my controllables <laughs> you know what I mean it's like yeah. what what can we deal with on a daily basis as opposed to thinking of the too much of the big picture because the big picture is constantly changing more than ever before <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's Oh, it's hard, you know, I, I feel so sorry for some of the businesses out there, you know, just some of them just being opened again last few weeks and having, you know, curfews at midnight. It's just it's just not workable. I mean, you know, and I think there's a there's a whole various sets of people and industry kind of that's been left behind. Um, and I, you know, I wonder with the uh, nightclubs 
situation we just you know like if you think about how important they were when you were younger you know I think we're all kind of just forsaking them even in in, in some ways I think there should be more supports around them anyway I don't know why I'm on that particular uh rant. just dying to go to coppers too. yeah I am yeah I really <laughs> do yeah I don't know if I've ever actually been in coppers though so oh. that's what everyone says until they actually end up in coffers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think I have though, genuinely. So Jill, yeah. I, I'm more on your boat. I think I've been in coppers three times. Aaron Chalk has probably been in coppers three times in a single day before in his past. He's a big coppers head. No. Big coppers he, well, head. I used to be. I've I've hung up my coppers head, but I think my record was seven seven nights within an eight night stretch. Was it? I think I think that's uh that's when I had and definitely in media works when you did that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's quality media planning going on uh, during that stretch there, of time, I, I can tell you. There might be some award for that. Uh, he should have got a gold card. He should have got a gold card and he should have never had to pay. I'm going to sneak it back in and I'm going to hang it in copper somewhere. They're not going to notice that I brought it in there. Um, but they are days gone by. Um, uh, Jill, you mentioned there about uh, a very a very much a data-driven approach to sponsorship. And that, that sounds very analytical and sounds very much you're analyzing every part of what a sponsorship can do for a brand and what it can bring back for a brand. Is that the way sponsorship is going? It's much it's, it's moving away from just being a pure brand awareness driver to being much more hardworking on all aspects of a business for a brand. I think it's, it's not that it's moving away from anything in particular. Like I think all of its you know strengths before remain in place. I think it's just that... <clears throat> proving that uh, the impact that even that kind of brand awareness is having um, via the sponsorship is really important. I think nowadays you can't really get fees, you know, big sponsorship fees past boards without proper return on investment metrics. Um, mm. So it's that that side of it. And also just, I suppose, looking, we, we do an awful lot of valuations of contracts for clients. So ahead of either renewal or um, signing up in the first place, we help them understand the value. <clears throat> and, you know, a lot of people would say, well, a lot of, you know, the value is less important because it's all about the association, for example. And that's fine, but the, the fee is based on <laughs> where the value is coming from. And also, yeah. if you understand the value, if you understand where the value is, then you can really understand how to activate well to maximize that value. Um, and that's why I think that's sort of more of an analytical approach. It's not in intended in any way to take the um, the passion and the, um, you know, the fun out of sponsorship activation, not at all. Actually, to it's to use the insights really well, you know what I mean? To understand yeah. fan insights. Um, and, you know, I, I think sometimes people sponsor things and activate based on what they think they know, uh, rather than just actually looking at what the fan data says and, you know, that's I think that's one of the challenges we have in sponsorship is to say, well, do we really know that this is adding value to the fan experience? Because if you can do that, then you can activate brilliantly and it will work. And um, you, but you need to understand either what are the fans' challenges or the things that they really love and how to add value to those things. Um, and then you're in you're in kind of golden territory in sponsorship if you do that well. Yeah, it sounds like it's it's a. An evolution of the industry as a whole for for the better because you're you're yeah you're strengthening it uh from from the ground up yeah i mean look we're all aware of people saying chairman's whim and all this kind of thing and deals being done on the golf course and <laughs> you know it's look it there's still a lot of it is based on gut feel or good instinct and i again i'm not saying that that's not right i just think it needs to be validated um and if you can provide 
you know, better evidence around um, why you've gone after a certain um, sponsor basset. I think it's, you know, that we, we have really good frameworks that help us help clients decide this is definitely right and why it's right. And we use a mix of subjective and objective criteria. So it's not all data. It's it's recognizing that both are important, um, you know, and uh, then we feed that all into the framework and it comes up with a usually, a you know, a really intelligent response, I think. And it, that's that approach that helps um, justify in front of uh, boards or CFOs um, as well, you know, and then if you measure your impact well, and if you set yourself up well for measurement in advance, uh, you should get a lot out of your sponsorships then. So, and that's the route to renewal, as we always say, is having good Brilliant. evidence that it's working, you know. And the types of ads today, are they in the sponsorship category yeah. or, or kind of what type of ads did you, <laughs> do you want to talk about today? So I thought about this a lot, actually. Right. And, <laughs> and even last night I was in bed going, I really should change this to, to a sponsorship uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, I, I know I spent, what, 15 years as a, as a media planner in Starcom and Meatworks. And I still have this massive grow for advertising in general. So, um, and I, you know, watched a good few of your your podcasts anyway. Um, and I think like naturally TV ads come up an awful lot. Um, mm. And, but there's something about the magic of an outdoor poster done well that I think is just, is fascinating. Um, I think it's it's a real challenge, um, you know, to get, to get a good creative uh, outdoor poster. So I, yeah, I just, and I've also, most of the fun times that I remember in my media planning days tended to be around um, uh, looking at uh, special build outdoors, outdoor posters or whatever. So I, yeah, so I d- decided I would pick outdoor. I made sure one of them was connected to sponsorship though. <laughs> Brilliant. So I would just love if anyone's tuning in this specifically to get some great sponsorship insights. You might as well turn off now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going straight to outdoor. Stay tuned for some good outdoor ads, but this is not a sponsorship. This is not a, yeah, podcast. this is a warning. Maybe you need to put that warning on it. Yeah, I wonder will I be, will uh, will Mr. Cox murder me for that? Going, what are you doing talking about outdoor? But anyway, I'm sure PML will be delighted. Um, and I'll all, you know, I always love to to please the guys in, in, in the poster industry. So um, yeah, but there is a sponsorship one in there. And I could have done more actually on the sponsorship side. There there were plenty we could have selected there um so i can reference for, ne- for next time we have you on Jill, yeah we, we, you are at, we yeah ask one of the lads in the in the team maybe to to talk about sponsorship campaigns we'd i'd be here all day though if i had to talk about sponsorship campaigns because i've had yeah real grow obviously for it and a real uh bugbear about some of the activation um in sponsorship and again it goes back to that insight piece you know i think yeah. um which i one of the posters i think here does really well in, in a sponsorship sense so Brilliant. Well, with, without further ado, can you introduce the, the first um, uh, piece you want to show us and, and, and uh, a bit why you love it? Uh, so this first poster is for a personal two-in-one and I'm calling it the bunny poster. It's a, obviously a Unilever campaign. I don't actually know the creative agency on this one. It may be international because uh, obviously a lot of Unilever creative can be um, international or adapted here. Um, so apologies to the, the creative agency. Uh, I haven't been able to find that out. And uh, I did check in with with the poster specialists as well, and they just, they don't have it, records back um, back then. So this ran in 2011 and um, possibly uh, more cycles, but it definitely uh, ran in mid midsummer in 2011. 
what I love about this ad is, and um, you know, potentially it was because I was also, you know, on the journey to having kids myself and had um, a couple of new nephews and nieces uh, in Cork at the time. And I knew, I suppose it just really resonated with me. The bunny um, or the the teddy that the the, the kid, your, your, your children love is so crucial and so important. Um, and I just think this encapsulates the importance of you know the bunny and how how if it's if it's good enough for bunny it's going to be absolutely perfect for your kids clothes and um, and i just think it says all of that to me with the most clear lovely visual i also love that the pack shot is quite quite visible too because i think that's something on outdoor posters that people don't get right often mm-hmm. um and you know if you think about what makes a really great outdoor poster it's that you can look at it in five seconds and get it but it, mm-hmm. I also found this, I used to get off the dart and it was right in Pier Street Dart Station. And I just loved it. It made me smile. It made me feel warm. And I've never, it's always been that poster I've gone back to and somebody says, you know, what do you think is it is a good outdoor poster? I really think it's, it just says everything it needs to say without having, you know, pretty much any text at all, really, if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I really like it. I think it's a great choice. It's really kind of plays into that kind of Toy Story vibe of well, if Bunny's happy, everything must be going okay. Yeah, you know that type of thing. So you get you get that kind of warm feeling that, like, oh, you're you're doing the right thing by your your child's closest companion, or you know what I mean, loving, um, cozy th- cozy thing, and uh, you just instantly get it with the little sm- the little smirk. And yeah. a little kind of relax, the chill feel. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, the head, the okay. hands back yeah, and everything. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Like, yeah. it really is. Uh, a trip to the washing machine is like a spa, spa day. Yeah, for I love yeah. it. I just, you know, I think for any parent out there, that would really resonate with them. Now, I, I have to say, like, they have a very serious competitor in Fairy. Um, you know, that they had done a really great job at positioning themselves as, you know, the newborn baby washing mm. um, brand. So I think it, this is a really good um, competitive ad in that sense. Um, but I, I dare say they probably did a good job for Fairy as well because, you know, like it, 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 it could be a category ad. Do you know what I mean? So mm. that's maybe if there was any criticism of it, it might be that. But I think the pack shot really helps. Um, and I think it probably was around the time that they were launching that combination anyway between their two brands, which was Parcel and Comfort. So it was new news as well. Um, and you don't see that much outdoor posters for for these kinds of FMCG brands, really. Um, so again, I thought that was refreshing at, at the time. Uh, but yeah, I've always loved it. It's always stayed with me and I've often referenced it. Um, so I'm delighted to talk about it. And I think the creative agency yeah. did a super job with it. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Jill, about the the simplicity of it in the sense of you can get it if you're flying by that or you're in a busy busy morning commute and you're, you're, you're rushing to get to the office as soon as you get off. And the relevancy for those who you know have either young nieces and nephews and know how important Bunny is to their brother and sister to make sure it's there or your own kids, that, that's what makes, that's what hits at home. But if, if you're not in that category... It kind of just looks like another outdoor ad, but when when you're when you're in the zone, it's perfect for that. Yeah, that's, that's why I love that it it talks exactly to the audience it needs to talk to. It's very specific to that audience, but yeah, yeah. once you're in that, uh, as I said, it, because it was 2011, like I was convinced when I was thinking back about this poster that I was pregnant at the time, but I wasn't because I had Susie in in 
the following year. But I was obviously in that frame of mind. Mm. Um, so and she has a bunny, oddly enough, and bunny's still going nine years later. You know what I mean? And <laughs> has been through a lot of a lot of spa days uh, <laughs> in the washing machine. Obviously, all personal and comfort. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. The but it's uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it is a crucial element. I mean, I, I've seen ads or um, uh, social media posts about missing bunnies it's not always a bunny of course but missing teddies or whatever and you know like it's almost like seeing a dog is missing you're like oh my god i can't believe yeah. they're missing their bunny <laughs> you know yeah. like the idea of it is just hellish you know so yeah. uh, and we all we have backup bunnies uh, for everyone in our house in you know up in the attic just in case they get lost <laughs> so yeah. that's how important it is so that's why i think this ad really really resonates you know yeah, definitely. Like for me, um, I have Oscar, who's who's just nine months, and when he we were finally starting to get him to sleep at the start, he has a thing we call Doggo from Dunn Stores, which is like a little dog that holds his blanket. So he that got him to sleep. So then we put a, but then it was out of production with Dunn's. They'd moved on, so we had to put out a social media cry and ended up with four doggos now in the house. <laughs> and now he doesn't like Doggo anymore. <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now I look at this and I'm like, yeah, okay, we're that that's things can change <laughs> and it's like there will be a new bunny at some stage yeah um yeah, and then i remember aaron saying to me was like oh yeah make sure if you have more than one that you like rotate them during the like every couple of days or every couple of weeks because if they lose the dirty one and they get a clean one they're like that's yeah. that doesn't belong to me that doesn't what? smell like bunny yeah, yeah. That's, no 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 yeah. this one has two eyes what is this <laughs> what is this clean looking thing yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. You can never quite know, no matter how good the washing uh, liquid or powder is, by the way, you can never get them back to the original, um, yeah. the original look. So, um, yeah, they very much have to be kept in the house or else yeah. you get mortified by the rag that yeah, they're carrying yeah. around, you know. Oh, really <laughs> nice piece, yeah. That's a really nice one to, to kick us off with, Jill. Yeah. Um, can you bring us through then uh, your next one that you'd like to talk about? Okay, so the next one is the AIB Club Championship. <clears throat> poster now this is from 2009 so uh rothko um you have a an incredible history of um excellent activation on this uh, particular sponsorship i would have to say you know market leading for sure um this is pretty toughest though so actually I, and i love it because um i think th like they naturally get a lot of credit um aib and, and rothko and uh, and start from all the agencies involved whpr etc on the toughest journey and that has been you know fantastic um and just for a bit of sponsored context i suppose the i think the thing that, that works so well about the toughest actually is that it's based on a really good insight um and i think it's the same with this um poster actually even though it's quite um I, like with with respect quite an obvious insight but it is nonetheless uh, captured uh, beautifully and i think again it's very clear what they're saying it didn't doesn't need an awful lot of explanation um it's very cute it's very you know it's it's very on the money um and it it just sort of speaks to the the whole idea that um, there's something about the club that's a bit different to the county um, mm. and that, you know, you're born into it almost implies as well, like whether it's torturous or joyful, you're 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 in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? And I think, well, that poster says all of those things to me. But I so this was this was a uh, this was active, you know, quite a long time before I was in sponsorship. Right. And. Um, mm. And I still remember thinking it was 
a brilliant activation of the sponsorship you know again got it you know know what it's about and had that feeling of they understand the fan here um and they understand that that that's uh, where you're from is is really important you know and um so yeah that's i just think it's it's gorgeous and i also think it would be really fun now to see those uh four kids and where they are <laughs> on that journey i think they could do something gorgeous with that you know um that there's a free idea now i should be uh, i should be charging <laughs> for my ideas Copyright children. Uh, no doubt the the uh, the guys in rock have already thought about that um i presume that so they're probably about 12 now are they yeah. um well yeah presuming they're all in sort of somewhat around six months there um to maybe nine months you know it's amazing like my my little one is three and i've already forgotten you know what what it what age those babies probably are they could easily be 10 or 11 months but you jane you might have a better go with that because you're right in the middle yeah, of that space they're, they're eight to, yeah they're they're around oscar say so just just maybe thinking about starting to crawl yeah i'd say so they're about they're about yeah seven to ten months I'd yeah say. okay yeah anyway so, yeah lads i know well. some of them are are fairly yeah. nice uh like bunter babies yeah. it's probably yeah i mean there there's no couple of fullbacks in there yeah there's no there's nothing to say that they're uh, all boys by the way that's true but, actually, yeah. um yeah but they're i would be really interested to see them now because i just think it's it's quite um it's quite a funny thing to be in a an ad when you're a baby i'd imagine you know um i think it, you, you could have a bit of fun bringing them back it would also be really interesting by the way to see how passionate they are about their club um you know because I'm sure they were probably put forward in the first place um, yeah. because of that. Although you never know, I suppose it depends on how they go about their casting. It might all just be babies of the agency. Yeah, how can we get a hold of a baby? Who's got a baby? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who will just sell their baby to us? Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Well, the, I think the big winner out of this campaign is Al Hayes Motors, uh, getting great coverage for his sponsorship of one of the clubs. Yes. As well as Philips there. Yeah. there it's like yeah. an inception sponsorship campaign. It's brilliant. Yeah. And that's <laughs> But you Yeah, sorry. So go ahead. That's the thing about club uh sponsors, you know, there'll be there'll be anything from the range of types of sponsors involved, you know, or um they're usually local obviously and and a very important part of that spot of the sponsorship economy as such because those clubs really depend on on that kind of support from their local um businesses, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's amazing the difference like you got you've got that that and then you've got Philips and you know um, and if we saw if you saw the um, the Dublin uh, Senior Hurling Club final there last weekend, it was like a healthcare uh, conference with one team sponsored by Matter Private and the other sponsored by Beacon, yeah, uh, Nafina and uh, Kilmacud. So it's 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 just the, the range of sponsorships and brands. Like you'd have a fella who's selling turf at a at a co-op down in one village, and suddenly they're on telly because their club could have made the. The All Ireland uh, Club Final. You know, it's it's just it's it's just mad how far a local sponsorship can go. Yeah. Without the sponsor being able to do much about that, apart from sponsor their local team. I, I, I always yeah. remember. Um, mine is my stories from playing rugby at a young age, but uh, I've been so aware of that as a kid, and I remember um, like our ratty old jerseys. Most of them, like I say, at under twelve, mightn't even had a sponsor. It might have had something like Leash Hire hanging off it or something like that down in Port Leash, and then I think we were playing Kilkenny one time. And they obviously got sponsored by the local McDonald's and they had a big M. And I remember being 11 years old being like, what, what, what's this? Why do they have like 
the best restaurant <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and I was like, they, do they get free McDonald's with this? With this? Who gave them? The, who, how do they know this? It was the most confusing thing in the world as a kid. And I remember being like, I, I know who owns Leash Hire. I don't, who, how do they know who owns McDonald's? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's weird. I remember that. started that. Shane's journey into advertising. And then, yeah. To get to the bottom yeah, of it. Yeah, that's where that's, you were hooked. Yeah, the, I'm still um, trying to figure, find out who bought those jerseys for Kilkenny Rugby Club. That's what I'm still trying to find out about. <laughs> the, the, the cachet of a big American logo as well is just, yeah. though, is really, it's really powerful. It still is actually, you know, in, in the mm. sponsorship context. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm glad I got a, a sponsorship campaign in there. I could have, <laughs> I could have easily gone with um, Guinness, not men, but Giants campaign. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd like that. It's fantastic as well, you know. Arguably, glamorized hurling back into the public consciousness, I suppose. Um, yeah. But I just, I, you know, I thought to be just a little bit different. I would, I would pick something a bit more fun, and it kind mm. of followed on my my sort of family theme of uh, of the first um, one as well. So yeah, it looks yeah. like I'm obsessed with babies, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's dispel that myth by uh, showing us the next one, then, Jill. What's what's your 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 third uh, outdoor ad? Well, I was I'm just going to uh, honourably mention the uh, the McDonald's Salads Plus campaigns. It's a, sh- a bit of a shameless plug, but I wanted to mention it for a specific reason, and that is because. Um, so it was the, we were working on the launch of Salads Plus, which was quite a big challenge at the time. You know, it wasn't something McDonald's were were well known for. We had, uh, you know, I, I can't even remember a time in my career where just the thoroughness over the, the media plan and the creative plan, it was just, it was extremely thorough. Um, and um, so in order to launch it, we wanted to just create a bit of intrigue and a bit of kind of, mystery or whatever so we decided we would do a special build outdoor poster um and um we wanted it to be really simple Colleen E were working on it um as well um and so we decided why not just put a big giant lettuce head on a poster and just let people talk um and I was was probably maybe three years into my career at this stage this was definitely the biggest campaign I ever planned like as the lead media person on it um, in fairness to Paul in MediaWorks, you know, he gave he gave you a chance to kind of sink or swim and, you know, put put it put me in a fairly significant position at that time. And I learned loads. I mean, I definitely think it was the, the account that, that helped me sort of um, thrive in my career for sure. Uh, brilliant, brilliant account to work on. Um, but that was just so exciting. And I, th- this is the reason why I'm mentioning it. So apart from the, the shameless plug that that was something that myself and Louise Gillen in, in PML just like slaved over. Um, there was, I, I, I wonder if that sort of passion for that kind of innovative and creative ideas and to really just push the boundaries, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure it's still there as much. And I, you know, I maybe think outdoors is planned very much for its, you know, its key strengths, but, there's so much excitement being involved in in something in outdoor, and I'm not saying this is the most groundbreaking idea ever, for sure. There's way more interesting outdoor concepts, but it's actually a kind of segue into into the the, the real third um, outdoor campaign that I want to show. But I just I remember that as being probably one of, if not the biggest buzz in my entire career, and um, certainly in my media career at least. Um, and when we, we put that on the NACE road and at the time the drive to Cork was torturous. Um, 
uh, the drive anywhere was torturous. It used to take like sometimes up to six hours to get home to Cork because of the, the traffic. So we knew we put it up on a on a Friday, I think, on the on a bank holiday weekend. And we knew there was going to be an unbelievable, like almost standstill, you know, people watching it. So it was, you know, it was it was planned from a media perspective really well as to where it would go. It's that that actually, I think Newbridge still have that sign now on, on the Nace Road. It was an amazing sign back in the the, the days of of the car park of the Nace Road. And it just the buzz around it. Like I remember as I was coming up to it, I was just I was super, super excited. And yeah, so it just brings back a lot of really nice memories. We then had to move it to the point or uh, to the, the outside the, the wasn't the three it's three arena now obviously but it wasn't at the time it was the point. And we had to move it to the high poster outside there because it was being vandalized on the next road. And like it was it was like I, I really do think it's quite a real life looking lettuce. Like that's yeah, what's yeah. amazing about it. So the the mm. the guy who built it built it was phenomenal, you know? Um so yeah, that's talent. And, and then the rest of the poster is just it's just a canvas for it. And all it says is that it's bus. That's it, you know, it's very subtle in that regard. And that was deliberate because the poster campaign that was coming and the TV campaign that was coming was very clear. Um yeah. so this was just a nice kind of teaser into that. Um and yeah it was just it was it was one of the most fun things to ever work on. And I think, you know, pushing boundaries, working with creative agencies and really collaborating on how can we make this special um, is is a really, you know, is a really key thing that I'd love to see more of. And I think anyone who works on um, outdoor planning now has the opportunity to do amazing, amazing mm. things because of digital technology. Um, mm. And that's really why I selected the next one. Would I jump into that? That's a that's yeah. a that's a very professional segue. Well done. I think that's the best segue we've ever had <laughs> from one campaign into the other. Well done. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, there is um I guess like again, like you know, we we talked about the the magic flying um which was, you know, using data mm. and it was groundbreaking. Uh, again, I remember the excitement I had even just watching that, I was like, wow, I mean, imagine being involved in all of the detail of that. Um, and this is a similar campaign, I think, of that ilk. I mean, you've, you've discussed the magic of flying before, so mm-hmm. we won't go there. But in, in this campaign, I think it's just, it's magical, you know, that, that whole use of technology and outdoor merging together. Um, I think it's just, it's a really fascinating campaign. Great. We'll we'll have a quick look at that campaign and then we'll, we'll come back to chat about it a bit more. Okay. Since 1958, the relief organization Miserior has been creating self-help initiatives for the third world. In the fight against poverty and injustice, every euro counts and it's clear that even small donations can make a big difference, though very few people know this. The simple solution, the one thing that people always have with them a credit card. Last year, over 40% of all payments in Europe were made with one. With this in mind, Miserior developed the Social Swipe, the first poster that accepts credit cards. The poster makes giving easier than ever before, and you can see the results. Your donation can provide daily bread for a family in Peru, or help an imprisoned Filipino child return to a normal life, all for just two euros. These unique billboards were developed together with Stripe.com, a leader in innovative payment solutions. 
The posters initially attracted people's attention in international airports, but stayed with them long after. When donors received their credit card statement, they were asked to turn their one-off donation into a monthly donation. It's a small gesture that makes a big difference. The social swipe, making giving easier than ever before. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's a brilliant. Really company. nice. It's great, yeah. isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. And, and again, it's just it's it's the use of quite striking outdoor, um, but also like the obviously the connection to the technology is fantastic and being able to swipe your card like this was 2014 i think so it wasn't like it was you know it just like two years ago or whatever it's quite early in the sort of innovation of outdoor and, and the use of technology and digital but it's just so it's so cleverly all put together i think and the idea of you know that the slice of the food falling as the card is swiping down just really adds to the kind of drama of it and mm -hmm. Um, I also think just the idea of actually getting people to physically do something with your poster is is very smart. And um, because once you're consciously connected to advertising in any way, it really does resonate very well. And obviously it created it's the kind of campaign that created um, talkability and, you know, it, it, it would have traveled uh, quite virally from an advertising perspective. So mm -hmm. it further did the work for uh, the campaign you know, well beyond. And it would have been designed that way, I presume, um, in the first place. But that's what I, re I really love all of the thinking that went into it. Um, mm -hmm. And I was, I guess when I was, was I was going over this, you know, it said Stripe were involved. And I was, I was quite shocked by that because, you know, back then we hadn't really heard an awful lot. Um, now it makes loads of sense now, but um, yeah, so it's, I just think it's, it's a great um, example again of, of really smart uh, use of outdoor. Um, but I, I actually think creatively it's very impactful um, as well. So I, I think they just didn't stop with the, you know, they, they weren't just looking for a good tech, you know, tech-based solution. Mm -hmm. They actually created a quite a powerful um, ad overall. It, it was done by um, a German agency. So they're, I'm gonna presume I can I pronounce this somewhat okay. So it's Cole Rebe um, and they are part of um, Accenture Interactive now, as I understand it, so similar to, to Roscoe. Not surprising if they're coming up with this kind of uh, work. Mm, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a phenomenal piece. I'd seen this piece when it came out and I remember I referenced, I used to reference this an awful lot when I was in media, because for me, at, at quite early in my career, when I saw this, I was like, oh, you can, you're allowed to do that? You know what I mean? It was this kind of like moment of being like, that's it was just a complete game changer for me when i saw it to be like this doesn't have to be what it, you know what i mean what i thought it was it could be anything you can do anything you know what i mean i can see mm. like creatively it's amazing media placement and media purchasing it's amazing like i love the q reward system as you said with the yeah. the bread cutting or the chains cutting and even the subtlety to the the perfection around how the bread cuts when you swipe through it's not yeah. even a delay to it. It's not. It literally feels like your credit card is cutting it, or it feels like it's cutting the rope. And as you said, the the, the thought that went into it, um, to give someone that feeling of interacting with your out of home, 
and doing it in such a smart way that they just they get a reward visually they get a physical reward of interacting and then afterwards they get to think of it and going oh no i actually did donate and then they see it on the receipt and they get reminded of it again yeah. and yeah. i just think it's it's yeah that's a, that's an unbelievable an unbelievable activation i think it's it's a great choice Great yeah, and I like to think about the people who were involved and the kind of feeling like like that mm. Nays Road feeling I described earlier, yeah. the kind of feeling they had as that was all coming together. Mm. Um, and again, I think we 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 maybe underestimate how how much that sort of build up and anticipation of a campaign you're working on, you know, uh, really, I think they're the days you look back on, you know, mm. Um yeah. So I just yeah again I just think it's 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 a fabulous campaign and I think it's it's very replicable replicable <laughs> um you could anyone could do this kind of campaign and um, mm. obviously none of us really want to be in a copycat space but it's actually mm. a very smart yeah. use of technology um and uh, and nowadays you know you don't even have to swipe you know so um yeah. it's there there's it's limitless i guess if you i think if you crack innovation in outdoor um it becomes viral anyway and there's tons of examples of that i mean again magic of flying is is, is the, the ba campaign is another example of something i mean it was effectively one or two sites i think they had maybe manchester and birmingham as well but you know it just traveled the world because of how amazing and awesome an idea it was. So like, no pun intended there, Jill. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. It, flew. It, does, it, it flew around. <laughs> <laughs> they really landed that one. Home. Sorry. Uh, we move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but you're, you're right. A good idea does transcend the borders it's given as in like, it doesn't have to be just a 48 sheet. It is a worldwide social campaign all of a sudden, even though it is just a, um, a one media placement. And I love that about, innovative campaigns that it's it breaks all the rules yeah. this isn't a social campaign because it's an outdoor campaign but it is a social campaign and uh yeah you can't can't kind of put put it in, in in one box yeah um it's the it's the magic of outdoor though i think that's the and the getting it right i again if you think about all the work that goes into the media side of outdoor you know like thoroughly going through site lists making sure you've got your i mean again on the mcdonald's ca account yeah. we used to make sure they were all facing traffic, traveling in the right direction. And, you know, God, I knew every poster in the country because of um, uh, working on that account. Um, but when you think about that, a lot of work goes into that, getting the right site list, getting the best sites, the fights for the uh, golden squares and things like that that used to have around Christmas. Um, and then to see poor creative go on it was so gutting so devastating mm -hmm. um and an essay yeah on, on, an, on an outdoor on a, on yeah, a, or on just, a motorway or just a still from the ad and you know i look i get that um you know marketers and creative agencies are under a lot of pressure often the tv ad is the critical kind of point in in the journey to get right and you know i have no issue with uh you know using a, a linked creative piece but you know we always say obviously creating the the ad for the format or the, the the medium is really the best way to get the most out of out of your campaigns and i just think it's that's what i mean again about the magic voter when it when it all comes together when it goes well when it's when the creative is using the space brilliantly i think you just get a this sense of satisfaction um that that maybe just isn't there in other media as much. Um, yeah. So I yeah I just yeah I I think I I have a fondness you know for for the medium and I love to see it done well and I still feel that it's you know largely with has average um, 
average stuff put out um right. yeah. at times you know uh, like there are notable exceptions and yeah. i absolutely am fine with using it for you know just big hero pieces absolutely that's right um but yeah i'd love to see uh, you know i'd love to see that sort of innovation come through a little bit more again i think um you know that's the really exciting thing for the industry when mm -hmm. uh, campaigns like that happen and i think i'd love to see more of them come out of ireland anyway um for sure yeah, yeah. brilliant well that's uh that's not only good advice but some great ads that we went through there so thank you so much jill for, for your time really appreciate it there it's a lot of food for thought in there and i think uh think you're going to be having to dodge Pat Cassidy's phone calls now for the next uh, few weeks after saying there's no innovation in outdoor. No, I, uh, not that there's none, but just I think it's it's time for a flurry of it. Uh, no, yeah, no McDonald's yeah. pun intended. Um, and I'd love, <laughs> love to see it. some Irish winners at, at the, the likes of the Can Lions, you know, because yeah. I think we've got all the, the right people there to, to come up with amazing campaigns. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much again. Um, we'll leave it there for this week's episode then. And if you were listening to this and you want to see any of the examples uh, that Jill brought us through, you can catch the, the full video podcast on workwithfo.e forward slash podcast. Um, thank you again, Jill. Yeah. Really appreciate thank it. You. Uh, and until next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye.